Hazard played uh, a wonderful match, but uh, he played very well uh, also against, uh, against Brighton, I think. When Hazard is able to play like uh, in these two matches, uh, we are lucky. We are really very lucky because it's very easy to, to win the match. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I got the horses in the back Horse stock is attached Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast it's your boy, the cowboy Christian, coming back again to you live and beautiful Miami, Florida, in the good old U.S. of A. Ha! Holy shit! Holy shit! Yo, I've been riding to this track. Yo, this is a shout out to my homie, Waldo Schmurda. This one's for you, homie. Old Town Road. Hey! song rides so hard yo this song rides so hard yo that's from my homie waldo schmerda my man that was for you bro that one's for you oh my god this song goes so hard in the paint it's not even funny oh my god yo welcome to the all-american chelsea podcast it's your boy back again coming to you guys after the 2-0 victory over West Ham and I got my boy Aiden from the 10-minute football podcast on and we break down the match but man how good is this guy uh Eden Hazard huh it's pretty good it's pretty good he keeps sticking with this uh, football thing he might make himself into you might turn himself into something in the future huh <laughs> That's fucking good. This kid is... This guy is so good, this kid. This guy is so good. So, so, so good. So good. What's going on, everybody? Oh, man. I was supposed to get... I wanted to get this podcast out early, early, early in the morning, but I played ball last night, and I got home. Like, so on Mondays, I play soccer, and or I play footy or whatever, wherever you guys want to call it. Um... On Monday nights, and we start like at nine thirty at night my time. And by the t- and yesterday, we decided to play an hour and a half as opposed to an hour. So by the time I got home, settled in, showered, blah blah blah, bbb, it was almost midnight. And then I had to get into work early this morning by like eight or something like that. Um, so I woke up like at 5 30 in the morning 
and I had coffee, and I, uh, by the time I tried to get the podcast going, like, I, I had to record this part, like, I, 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 I tried to do it, I tried to do my intro, and I was like, what's going on? I couldn't do it to you guys, I couldn't, I couldn't, so I was like, you know what, let me give this show, let me give the show that everybody wants to hear, everybody expects, and not half-ass it. So, you know what? It's a little bit later, but better, better right than early and fucked up, you know? So, what's going on, guys? <sighs> this Sunday, this Sunday, I, I, yesterday, I swear to God, like, throughout the day, so before the match, and I said it on the podcast, like, I missed the first two, 20 minutes. I've seen the first 20 minutes now, but before, like, before the match started, well, when the match started... I missed the first 20 minutes because I'm 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 doing some construction now in the back of my house and I am getting permits. So the dude I, this has been scheduled for weeks, months and I didn't think anything of it because they're like, "Yeah, they'll come in the morning or whatever." And I'm like, "All right, cool, whatever, no big deal." But the guy showed up literally at Three o'clock on the dot as the whistle was blowing for the match. And there's nothing I could have done. There's nothing I could have done. And I was since I record every single match. I wasn't too worried about it, but I don't like to I don't like to watch like if something's going on live, I don't like to tape it, avoid all my, you know, social media and everything, and then watch it uh as if it was live. Like I feel like I can't celebrate or I can't do anything. You know what I'm saying? It feels like fake. You know, like like my voice doesn't mean anything. Like my energy that I'm putting out means nothing. So, um, but I during the day I just realized that what is going on this week. So yesterday I played soccer, Game of Thrones. I mean, um, then the match it was you know Chelsea West Ham. Then this week. And then I was recording a podcast. This week is Thursday. We have the Europa League game. Uh, Saturday is the UFC. Sunday, we play Liverpool. And Game of Thrones comes back on at night. Guys, let me tell you something. I am so fucking excited for Game of Thrones. You have no idea. You do not understand how excited I am. Like, it's bittersweet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it almost feels like the same situation with Hazard. Like, with Game of Thrones, we know these. there's only six episodes, and that's it. With Ed and Hazard, you don't, you know, like, we we all kind of assume that he's done at Chelsea. But until he's holding up or until it's final, it's final. Like, we don't know. So, we just are watching each, each match that he's in, enjoying like the same thing with Game of Thrones, like the Game of Thrones, I'm so excited, but like also too is like, I, man, it's only six episodes, so, but I'm gonna be pumped. I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to record this podcast, especially this part of the podcast, and not talk about Game of Thrones. I, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I, I don't know how I'm gonna avoid spoilers, giving you guys spoilers. I really don't. I really don't. So. I'm just gonna have to, you know, spoiler warning, blah blah blah, and go from there. But yeah, 
So this weekend's UFC, oh, speaking of the UFC, this past weekend, it was Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship number five. Artem Lobov versus Jason Knight. You had Krista Crippler uh, Lieben on the card as well. And I'm going to tell you something, man, and a bunch of other people on the card. I'm going to tell you something. As a fight fan, bare knuckle fighting is like, it, it, it really is like, just like a notch above world star hip hop. Like watching two dudes going out on world star, but, or two girls going out on world star. But like, I don't know, man, like. It gave me an old school UFC WEC vibe. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was, man. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it. I really did, man. I really did. I enjoyed it. Bloody those dudes get cut up. You get cut up. Your bare knuckles hitting your face. You get there's so much blood. So so much blood. Way more blood than MMA fight. I I don't. I guess the friction, the skin to skin friction. Uh, you know, against your face is bad. Like I mean, like it, it, it's it, it cuts you up easier. I know the same thing with like elbows, like elbow strikes, always, always, always in headbutts, always for whatever reason. Like the moment your elbow in MMA, the moment like it's a skin to skin contact, like it feels like your face or whatever part of your body, mainly your face, your head, like rips wide open, and um. And that we saw that in the bare knuckle fighting, but I saw a tweet. It was pretty hilarious. It was like, "The UFC is your wife, Bellator is your girlfriend, Ryzen is your international side piece, and bare knuckle FC is a biker chick that you meet in a bar and you go out to the dumpster to you know to get it on, like." And you love it that way. Like, it, that's what it felt like, man. Like, that's what it felt like. So, there's no way that's, that that Bare Knuckle FC is going to get popular. Like, it's too it's too bloody. Like, it's, it's, it's too much. But I like it, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I like it, but I just do. So, and next you have Artem fighting Pauli Malinaji, a former boxing champion. Uh, a high, 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 high level boxer. Um, somebody that has had beef with Conor McGregor. If you guys don't know, Conor McGregor brought in uh, Pauli Malignaggi for uh, as a as a sparring partner uh, when Conor was getting ready to fight um, Floyd Mayweather, and it got heated. Like a, a, a word started getting out that Connor rocked Pauli Malignaggi and there was a back and forth a beef uh, grew out of that sparring session and Pauli has been chirping and kind of trying to get a fight with Connor for the payday obviously but you know to kind of his pride was injured his ego was injured so he's trying to get it back and so in the lead up to Artem versus Jason Knight. Uh, Pauly was signed to Bare Knuckle Fighting. I'm getting super geeky on this, but I'm trying to fill you guys in. Anyways, Artem is Conor McGregor's best friend, training partner. So, Pauly uh, slapped Arden, uh, Artem. Um, 
I guess, like, you know, in hopes or whatever, just because he felt disrespected. But I guess it's a kind of a way to, like, everybody, you know, the promoters of Bare Knuckle, Paulie Malignaggi, is trying to hope that this would lead to a potential fight with Conor McGregor, which is never going to happen. Conor McGregor will never, ever, ever fight Bare Knuckle. Never. Not because he doesn't want to, not because he's scared. Business-wise, Bare Knuckle doesn't have enough money to pay Conor McGregor. Uh, the UFC would never allow Conor to fight in that. It's just, it's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, like, fast fast forward, like, three years. Conor's fighting Paul Imanaji and Bare Knuckle. But it's never going to happen. But anyway, so that's kind of the inside of it. But it was pretty dope, man. It, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So I'm recording this. I got home from work and I'm recording this right after the Tottenham versus Manchester City uh, Champions League uh, match. And Tottenham beat uh, Manchester City 1-0. Harry Kane got injured. So that's a good thing. Liverpool beat Porto 2-0 at home. But Harry Kane gets injured. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for Chelsea. I mean, right now we currently sit at third. Yeah, let me give you guys the live table. The live table is Liverpool at 82 with 33 games played. Man City, 30. No, Liverpool is 33 with 82. Um, 33 games played. All right, Christian, slow down. 33 games played with 82 points. Manchester City has 32 games played with 80 points. Chelsea is 33 games with 66 points. Tottenham, 32 with 64. Arsenal, 32 with 63. United, 32 with 61. So, there's two spots up and there's four teams that are separated. Uh, Chelsea separated with United by five points. But Chelsea has, yeah, well, I mean, in Arsenal, United, and City. Well, Tottenham, Arsenal, and United have yet to play their 33rd game. But, uh, but yeah, man, maybe, I don't know, this could be a good thing. Harry Kane got injured. Who knows how, how long it's going to last or whatever, the details of it, because it just happened. But Harry Kane got injured, and, you know, that's that could be a big blow to Tottenham with these amount of these amount of games left over. That could be a big blow to Tottenham, and you know, we could securely be in third. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Third place after all the bullshit that we went through, Chelsea went through. Third place, Eden Hazard three goals off of the Golden Boot after everything we've been through. It's pretty awesome. So that's where we're at, man. That's where we're at right now. Um, I bought my tickets for Avengers Endgame. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I, I, I this month is so insane. April is so insane. There's so much stuff going on in April. I, I'm so excited for Avengers. So excited for Avengers Game of Thrones. I, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So, you know what? Let's get into the podcast. I feel like I've gone on too long. Let's get into it. So, 
I brought my boy Aiden. Um, again, host of the ten minute po- ten minute football podcast, and you know, I tell you who he is, and we'll get into it. You guys know how we do here. You know how we do. So here he is. Iden from the 10 Minute Football Podcast. I'll talk to you guys on the back end later. What's going on, everybody? I'm here with Iden. Listen, 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 listen. Guys, after the performance of Eden Hazard, I, I I did everything in my power to reach out to him, to reach out to his people, and I couldn't get him. So I got the next best thing. I got Iden from the 10 Minute Football Podcast, Chelsea supporter from from the great lands of Canada, from Toronto, Aiden, welcome to the All American Chelsea podcast. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much, brother. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, fun fact: as a kid, I, there was a like, I, I I lived in Toronto for like three weeks. There was a quick spell where I thought. Like, my family almost moved up there from Miami. We were going to go com- mm. comple- 100% 180. My mom was working for a company, and the satellite office was here in Miami, but the main office was in Toronto. And we went up there in the dead of winter uh, to check it out, to see if we liked it. And long story short, I'm still here in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Winter in Toronto is uh, not the best sight in the world. I loved it though. I honestly loved it. Oh, yeah. Um it was it, I, I don't remember. I was uh, when I tell you I was a kid, I was like 7, 8 years old cuz it was before my sister and my sister was born. Yeah, I was had to have been like 7, 8 years old, something like that. So, I loved it. Yeah. Beautiful city you live in, my friend. Beautiful. So too much is, snow, you can't play in What happened? There's too much snow, you can't play in the winter. That's why the Canadian national team is so awful. <laughs> It's a, I mean, I, one thing I, I will tell you this, like the one thing I remember the we were staying in the guest house of the owner of the company. It was me, my mom, my dad and my uncle. Um, and I remember the guest house was also like he this dude collected or was a huge fan of almonds and he had a storeroom full of almonds. And number two, I remember my mom wanted me to like on our first day there my mom wanted me to sleep late she's like oh the baby whatever let him sleep late let him sleep late and my mom woke me up last after everybody had took a shower and all the hot water ran out and i remember just like that freezing cold water blasting me it felt like it felt like a thousand knives piercing me i i'll never forget that never forget that well, my brother, we are coming to you guys after Chelsea's 2-0 victory versus West Ham. Um, basically, the Eden Hazard show, again, uh, again. Oh, my God. This guy's fucking unbelievable. Talk to me. I didn't talk to me. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the greatest pl- player ever. Am I wrong by saying Eden Hazard's like a 15? <laughs> If Messi's a 10, not at all. Hazard's what, 15, 20? Something like that? Am I Maybe. wrong? Maybe. Something close to that, yeah. <laughs> but I think the level that he's playing at right now is a level that few in the game have reached and few in the game can maintain. And we've seen him do it for so many years for Chelsea, and that's the greatest part. He just seems to get better week in, week out, and he seems to have a much more productive goal-scoring season under Maurizio Sorry, not necessarily in terms of performance levels but his performance levels have been great 
But in terms of pure goal scoring output, he, he has been fantastic this season under Maurizio Sarri. Yeah, he, he and I, one thing I think about, it's like we we went through a rough patch. I saw a stat during the game. We went through during halftime. We went through a rough patch. And this guy is only at halftime. He was four goals off the golden boot, four goals. And now he's mm-hmm. three. And as bad as we were playing from January, from what beginning before January, mid-December. Oh, and Christian's cell phone just went off because he's an amateur at recording podcasts. Um, from mid-December, end of December till today i mean till what month three weeks ago right three weeks ago a month ago because we had the international break we were were playing bad 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 and Mm -hmm. he's only three goals off the golden boot i mean jesus christ and we're in third we're in third yeah unbelievable unbelievable man so i didn't really uh, is yeah uh, talk to me tell me okay so we had the debut of the Twitter 11 as it's been going around. The Twitter 11, we had the debut during the Brighton match. And Twitter mm-hmm. went into a meltdown. Finally, sorry, he's listened to us. Finally, finally, finally. So, before this match, we were worried. We were concerned. I, I know I was. Yeah. I don't, were you concerned mm-hmm. that we weren't going to see the, the 11 that we got? Um... No, so I did put a tweet before the game. So I think the uh, the Twitter 11 that you're referring to is just across the back. Azpilicueta, Christensen, Luis, Emerson, Conte, Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, and then up top, Hudson-Odoi, Giroud, Hazard, in this case. That's the Twitter 11 that I think you're referring to from mm-hmm. the Brighton game. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I put out a tweet saying that that would be a pretty similar lineup to what I wanted. Just put the same one out again, put Giroud up top. And... I honestly thought that he would go with that exact lineup again. Now, I know that people point to the fact that Maurizio has been so stubborn all season, and he really has been. But lately, in the coming weeks, or in the past few weeks, his interviews have been a lot more telling of what he thinks of the players in that time. So at the beginning of the season, he would always say, he would use words like potential. He would use words, especially referring to Hudson Adoy. He has the potential to play matches. He has the potential to start matches. He can, he could. But this week... In the build-up to this game, he used a lot of words like Hudson, Adoy, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek are ready to start games. And to me, that was a bit of a turning point. So I wasn't that surprised to see this game. But in the back of my mind, I know that a lot of people were scaring me. And I, I did think at one point that he might revert back to old ways with a Kobe Hitch and Jorginho Conte, William Pedro, something like that up top, Alonso back at left back. But I think other than the um, Rudiger for Christensen switch, this was a pretty ideal lineup. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. This was, I mean, uh, uh, Higuain and Giroud, uh, for me, have been six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like, it's pretty much, like, both of these guys, I mean, they bring positives, they they bring pros and cons to, to the 11 that, I'm I'm almost to the point with them that eh, it's it's the same guy. I mean, it's essentially the same guy. One doesn't do anything more amazing than the other. Like I, I can I don't care who starts as the striker position because I feel like they they both leave something to be desired. I mean, there's a massive massive argument 
that Giroud is way better at the link-up play um, than Iguain. But then again, I mean, I need my, my my strikers are there to score, not necessarily like link-up play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like during the match, yeah. there was a point where Iguain picked up the ball in our own half, and I'm like, mm, I really don't. I wish my striker wasn't doing that. Uh, but either way, like they don't, <laughs> they don't. It doesn't do one doesn't do anything uh, more than the other for me. Like I, I'm good either way. But God damn it, man! Just to see finally, sorry, waking up, opening his eyes to not start the three Stooges, Alonzo, Barkley, and Pedro. When I see the three Stooges starting, I instantly get a pit in my stomach and dread. And it, it, it was a feeling of impending doom. And he he's finally woken up. He's woken up. He's seen the light. And I'm loving it, man. We are, are so good. We are so good without them. Nini has been saying it for weeks, for months. If he would just embrace the attacking qualities of this team we'd be so much better i don't i don't know about you but i personally believe mm-hmm. that we would be in a title race um i don't know how close we would be in a title race i just know that our name would be in a conversation for the title if he would have done if he would have picked this 11 sooner earlier in the season by january mm-hmm. if he would have gone with this 11 what do you think um, so I, I think in the Chelsea fan base, there aren't many who are more, um, who are a bigger fans of Maurizio Sarri than I am. And for that reason, I would say, no, I don't think mm. that we would be title contenders. And let me tell you why. So this run of bad form started in about the end of January or sorry, the end of December. Mm-hmm. It started when we, we lost to Spurs on the first game of 2019. Mm-hmm. And that's when the bad run started prior to that point. We had played fine. Now, people talk about Maurizio Sarri not improving players, but there's a system in place that Maurizio Sarri uses that I think is really effective against certain types of teams. And we'll go into that right now. So Maurizio Sarri's Sarri ball, for what everyone thinks it is, that it's more about a tactical game plan than it is about stylish one-two passes. Now, we see those one-two passes a lot, and that's what a lot of people associate sorry ball with being, these quick one-two passes up the pitch. But that's not really what's important. What's important in sorry style more than any other tactical system in Europe is where attacks start. So if you look at Chelsea's attacks, a lot of time is spent between the two center backs and Jorginho. And the reason why a lot of the time the ball is spent there is because they're sorry is trying to attract opposition defenders to that point. So if we kind of go back in time and think about the first Man City goal, we scored in that two win, that two nothing win at Stamford mm-hmm. Bridge. Mm-hmm. The first thing that happened was it was a Rudiger ball to Jorginho, Sterling pressed, then Aguero pressed, and then the entire whole of Man City started closing in on that Jorginho Rudiger link up, and the ball cycled back to David Luiz, who pinged it up the field for Pedro, who was wide open because everyone had come central. Now, that's a tactical game plan that he has. And in order to pull that off, the players need to be tactically astute in order to do that. Now, I think when he talks about Hudson-Odoi not being good enough in the defensive phase, there's also a point to be said about Ruben Loftus-Cheek's ability to be tactical in his play. Sorry, talked about it this week. Ruben 
as of now, is a complete midfielder from a tactic standpoint. And he's really starting to get his positioning on the field in terms of attack and defense. These players going forward, I mean, look in term, put Emerson aside because of the injury, but look at the other players. Ruben Loftus-Cheek didn't start at the beginning of the season because of a tactical because of a tactical miseducation, let's call it. He didn't know the tactic coming through. Mm-hmm. Hudson Adoy, the same thing. Pedro and William are a little bit more mature, although not better at all. I do not think they're better. However, I think that the run that we went on was a necessary evil. I don't think that starting this team from the beginning of the season would have done any better. And as we saw, the beginning of the season, we actually weren't that bad. Everybody was on the sorry train from August mm-hmm. to October. Then there was a bit of a rough patch in November. Pretty well, we beat City. Everyone was high on a sorry ball again. And then the mm-hmm. January slump started so i don't necessarily think we would have been title contenders and i don't necessarily think that even this is bad i actually prefer it this way because now hudson adoy and ruben loftus cheek are getting chances based on merit and they haven't been ruined from the pressure early on because let's put let's play devil's ad devil's advocate for a second let's say that at the beginning of the season hudson adoy and loftus cheek start and we get absolutely battered because they don't necessarily know where to go tactically. Sure, they're great in one-on-ones and things like that. But then what happens? The media slates them and they say, oh, another failed product in the Chelsea Academy, the Chelsea Academy this, Chelsea Academy that, and then it all blows up and goes negative. It hurt their confidence. That's the mm-hmm. other side. I think this position that we're in right now is fantastic. Although we've had that slump, you're right. We're in third and they couldn't be better, to be honest. Hmm. Shit. I never considered it from that angle. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's, you're right. I mean, there's more to the game. This is why I love this fucking game, man. There's more to the game than just yeah. you line up against me and let the best man win. Um, that's a part of the game, but there's more to that. And I re- never really, never really considered it from your standpoint. That, I, I mean, I, I should take that back. Yes, it, it's mm-hmm. like in in in. Uh, an afterthought that ah shit fuck if sorry would only play column hudson adoy but well is it possible mm-hmm. that pedro's doing something that williams not can sorry please explain but the way that you did explain is like i kind of yeah you kind of know that but damn it maybe is he's he's yeah you're right you, you're, you're probably right if i had to say that i've, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to wish i should say i've always wanted to it's almost a, a, a wish that we could get something get like a in in the nfl uh before mm-hmm. the combine the john gruden used to do the john gruden quarterback school if you guys don't know what what that is uh, in american football the position of quarterback is a very tactical very um there's a knowledge that you have to have of the game to play that position it's why uh it was very similar to what Jorginho's role, and you got to be able to turn to see the entire field and make a pass play, uh, make a uh, yeah. a pass based off of what your eyes see. And he would have these young guys who are coming into the NFL break down why you did what you did in this certain position, break down uh, the a game piece of game film uh, for John Gruden, who used to be a coach, who is currently is a coach in the NFL. And it was always interesting that you would see guys that are on there that are supreme athletes, but they couldn't they couldn't 
they couldn't break down the game. And then you would have guys that were okay athletes, okay quarterbacks, or even bad quarterbacks, but they had an understanding of the game uh, on a on a professional level. They they knew exactly what's mm-hmm. up. And I would love, 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 not necessarily with the players, but more so with sorry. I would love to have known what was it about the Twitter eleven. Not necessarily the positives, because we all see the positives. Positives is more offensive team. What are the negatives mm-hmm. compared to the sorry eleven? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. January through March eleven. What's the what is the what are the negatives of this eleven for his dad? I would that would be fantastic if we could learn that. Yeah. But we're, we'll we'll never get that. We'll never get that. No. No. We'll no yeah, that. and I think a lot of the, um, like I think sorry said it himself. A lot of the early season hype was it was he almost found it surprising that the team was playing that well when in reality he thought that the beginning of the season should have been a lot more difficult and then coming through we see everyone going oh well Chelsea, in october people are considering chelsea in a title race but in the back of Maurizio's mind he says oh well actually this is a bit of an over exaggeration and eventually this team is going to fall off and unfortunately it did fall off as we saw that, some terrible, boring games between January and March. But I think looking at that 11, Marcus Alonso, it was interesting because he, when he first came, sorry, called Alonso, he said he had the potential to be one of the best yeah. left backs in the world, which is an absolute joke for anyone who's actually watched him outside of um, outside of those first 10 games of the season, let's say. The, yeah. the whole of the second half of Antonio Conte's second season at Chelsea, he was by far one of the worst players. And he's been at fault many times this season as well. But I think players like that, I don't know, maybe it was just coming off of the like the high of playing well in this new system because there usually is, as we've seen before with teams in the past, a new manager comes in, a players have a bit more confidence, a bit more joy playing again, and there's this boost in performances. And then eventually it leveled out. And I don't know. But sorry, but again, Sarri's mentioned that a few times, that he was surprised that they played so well at the beginning of the season anyways. Yeah, I, I do remember when, I, I personally, when he started talking about Alonzo, I, I almost took it as eh, he's gassing him or I, I don't know. Like, I don't remember hearing that and, and, and thinking it's possible. Like, I remember thinking that, well, like, man, yeah, I don't remember believing him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's just coach talk, like whatever. But I mean, yeah. shit, I, I, far be it for me to, to pretend as if I have a fraction of not you know the same knowledge of the game as mm-hmm. sorry you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. shit yeah. what if marcus alonso could have been or could be the best player i mean like what like i, I don't know like it's i personally took it as coach talk but i don't know like is it possible shit i don't know what i'm looking for but i guess you know like i'll take your word for it could he i don't know yeah so i don't know yeah when the uh, when the when the starting eleven comes out, I mean, I mean, I I, pr- I pretty much know the answer. You were excited, like as I, as was I. Mm-hmm. I, I you were excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, whistle blows. Well, I'll tell you this much: I gotta go back to watch the first twenty-two minutes of the game. I'm having uh work done. All right, so but we're gonna cut to the chase, ladies and gentlemen. You know, uh, your boy's always honest with you, and I always give you the real on my life. So, I'm building an apartment on the back of my house. And why am I doing that? Well, 
ladies and gentlemen, when you own your own house, you try to find ways to cut costs. And one of the ways that I'm cutting costs here, I'm building an apartment in the back of my house to rent it. Why am I doing that? So I can subsidize my mortgage. So I don't have to pay so much. So if I don't have to pay so much mortgage, that puts more money in my pocket. More money in my pocket means more money for the show, for new equipment, for this, that, or the other. That's why I'm putting an apartment in my house. So I had scheduled for a um, to get the permit. And when I got, I scheduled, I scheduled months ago, I get a, a, a call a few weeks, a few weeks ago to schedule it for today. And it was going to be in the morning time. I was like, sweet, no problem. Guy's going to come out in the morning. I'll have enough time for the game. Blah, 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 BBB, blah, blah, no problem. Fucking guy shows up at three o'clock on the dot, my time, exactly when the whistle was blowing for the game. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. I walk into my house as Eden Hazard is picking up the ball to score the goal. Hell of a time to walk into the game. So, yeah. but for the first 20 minutes, I, I, I got to go back and watch it because I didn't see it. I didn't see the first part of the game. I don't know what happened. So, I didn't talk to me. How did we look from, you know, from the first whistle? How did we look? Because I didn't see it. Uh, we played actually quite well. The first 20 minutes of the game were probably the best uh, 20 minutes of the game in terms of Chelsea's performance. It was a great high-pressing, high-intensity. Chelsea started well, but West Ham was pretty... They had their moments, Felipe Anderson specifically down the left. But uh, a lot of what impressed me was N'Golo Conte's ability to get up uh, into the attacking phase. It was actually quite... Probably one of his best attacking displays we've seen all season. And credit to Sari of transforming a player who is mostly known as a defensive player to one who picked up the ball around the 15-minute mark, breezed past three players, took it on his left, and took a shot from the outside of the 18-yard box and almost went in. It was pretty spectacular to see N'Golo Conte do that throughout the game. A few tricks, a few back heels from him as well. Uh, One of the standouts of that moment, uh, something else that I noticed was that Hudson-Odoi in particular, the one thing that he's doing a little bit differently than what Willian is doing, but a little bit closer to Pedro, considering Pedro's training under Pep Guardiola, is the ability to stretch the pitch. So when Hazard is running through the middle and the West Ham defenders are closing in on in on him, and you can imagine they're kind of contracting in the middle of the pitch, mm-hmm. hudson Adoy, instead of getting attracted to that action, is pulling away to the far touch line and creating space. And then when Hazard kicks the ball out to him, the defense usually has to quite quickly transition and go over to cover. And then that leaves a lot of space in the middle. And we saw him deliver a few crosses throughout the game, but he was getting in those dangerous positions a lot. And we know that he loves a good one-on-one and he was quite good at that as well. And credit where credit is due Loftus cheek, having not played that well or having not missed a week of training, I believe this week was very very, very tactically astute. Like I mentioned before, he knew exactly where to go. And Chelsea were dropping into a 4-2-3-1 in the defensive mm-hmm. phase. So when West Ham had the ball, Conte was dropping next to Jorginho. Loftus-Cheek was pushing a little higher up the pitch, going to be the first man on the press. And I was quite impressed with the first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah, and I, I, I it, in, in, you mentioned what, uh, what Colin Hudson was doing. Let, let's take a second. God mm-hmm. damn it. This, you know... I, we'll get into it after after we talk about the match, but this whole Eden Hazard thing about is he going, is he staying? Um, it's onto itself like depressing for me. I I, I I'm sure it's depressing for most Chelsea fans. I mean, 
yeah. to let a player like that go. I mean, to not let him go, but to know that his time might be coming to the end here. Oh, well, he still has so much amazing football to play. Breaks your heart. But it kind of makes it easier when you have Colum hudson Adoy. Holy shit. Like, a bright. He's just going even back to the preseason. He's just been playing great. He's just been playing. I like. I can't. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I'm sure I've said it. I'm sure I've said it. But I can't remember a moment where I was. And I'm like, God damn it. <sighs> Where's William? Where's Pedro? <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I, or I know I haven't said it. Like I know I mentally haven't made a note of it. But I haven't said it. But God damn it, this kid, so good. Like. I don't see that he's 18 years old out there. I really don't. I don't see anybody that's not supposed to be there. I see I see another winger for us. And it almost makes the transition from Eden Hazard a little bit easier knowing that we have a hell of a talent. The potential of a lifetime right there yeah. in Column Hudson Adoy. And you're right. One of the things I did, I remember it was a little towards the end of the game. Who made a run? And it was Callum. I think it was N'Golo Conte. It was running down the middle, and he made a run. And Callum Hudson-Odoi took off to, like, the flag. And N'Golo Conte found him uh, while he was making his run, while he bent his run and, 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 and went towards, like, was going towards the corner to stretch the play. But, man... He, Colin Hudson Adoy, but mm-hmm. I walk into the house. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm walking into the house. My TV's on. Before the guy showed up, I turned my TV on, and as they're walking out or whatever, and the you know they're 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 uh, the cameras panning on the team. So you know the team standing on the line. The 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 uh, the permit guy comes, and I'm walking into my house, and I see. Eden Hazard get the ball, and I, I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Like all I know is I know my mouth made a sound at when he the ball went in, but I don't. It wasn't a word. It wasn't a word. It was just a sound. Wow! Oh my god! Like that's all my mouth was saying. Like I don't believe it. Like I, I don't. I, I see. I know what I'm seeing. I'm seeing greatness. But I just, he just does these things where you're just like, what the hell? Like, you're not supposed to, these are grown men, professionals, and you're, you're treating it like, like the park. Like you're just doing whatever the hell you want. So fucking good. Talk to me, talk to me, brother. Talk to me. Maybe you had words because I certainly did (laughs) it. I mean, I think you said it right. It's, it's one thing to do that on, on, on just the park in the Sunday league against of a bunch of random people, but to do it to grown men, professional footballers is another thing. And he's in an absolute league of his own. And the biggest crime that will happen this season is if Chelsea sell him for 100 million. If you look at the most expensive transfers um, in history, you have Neymar with 200 million pounds. You have Mbappe, 160 million pounds. And you have Coutinho, 105 million. And I think if you look at the caliber of player that Hazard is, and you look at that goal in particular, and what, and the funny thing about that goal is that it's not even the best one he's scored all season. I think his one against Liverpool in the oh. cup was better than that one. And that's, 
don't and do that. The, it's the funniest thing. It's so good that a goal that good, you don't even look at it and go, oh yeah, that's the best goal Chelsea have scored this season, or even him. It's like it's up for debate. And if you look at the three players and the four, those players that I mentioned in that list, what Madrid or well, let's we're assuming it's Madrid at this point. Yeah, we're going to come and get him. Would be it's a crime. It's a, it should be one hundred million pounds per leg plus a player. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't. I forgot about the Liverpool goal. I forgot about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's don't. I mean, but it's not fair. Like on on today, it's not fair to do that. But fuck. Mm-hmm. This today's goal. Yeah, did, today's goal was absolutely fantastic. I, I don't even like. I, I I don't even know. Like I I think about just going outside, running as fast as I can, and then like put a ball on my feet, and then like move the ball around. Like I don't even I don't even know. I it, just during the game, like at towards the end of the game, was a bullshit play. He picks a ball up. The West Ham one of the defenders swipes at his leg to take the ball away and he just easily just shifts the ball over clears the leg and just moves over like how the hell did you see that like how did you see that leg coming so fast and you like he's just amazing he's he's just amazing yeah he's amazing he's in that absolute league of his own and yeah you're right that last touch on his right leg before he put him through to actually go one-on-one with the keeper was absolutely it was amazing yeah yeah I, I don't know do you do you did you watch it on tsn or like or nbc up there uh we have something called Sportsnet, and that's what we watch it on yeah so we got we had a uh, martin tyler announcing the game for us yeah we oh, okay. also we have that stream as well yeah okay so so you heard him say one of the best goals ever <laughs> i actually didn't hear it yeah I he said it was one of the best goals the ever says after goals happened yeah yeah, he said it was well, one he of said, the, that's what he said. That's one of the best goals ever. I mean, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Whether it's the one of the best goals ever of all time, this season, this month, whatever. It's yeah. whatever list you put it on, it's 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 in there. It's it it deserves to be in there. Um yeah, let's take a moment. What's your favorite Eden Hazard goal? Um, I think between I can list you three right off the top of my head. Go. Um, I particularly liked his left-footed um, screamer against Stoke. I think it was in 2015. Um, there was a the individual goal against Arsenal at the Bridge, um, and then there was the Liverpool game, the Liverpool goal in the Cup. But one of them, um, one of my favorite goals that a lot of people don't talk about, and I think it's it's funny the way that it's happened this season. Um, is his goal against Maribor in the Champions League in 2015, where what he goes doing? on a... What are you doing? Like, I don't even remember it. Are you I'll kidding tell you me? About, I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. He, it's, I, I think it was Fabregas at the time. He goes on a 30-yard run, picks up the ball, takes a touch. There's two defenders. He, he's, he's about 10 yards out from the 18-yard box, and he, he cuts. He does like a Ronaldo chop back into the center, and then takes the ball out again and the defenders get dragged and then he shoots it on his right foot. It was in the Champions League. It was a 5 nothing win against Maribor. But earlier this season, and this goes back to your Hudson-Odoi point, earlier this season when Hudson-Odoi scored his goal in the Cup, I can't remember who, oh man, I can't remember who it was against. Um, but there was a goal that he scored in the EFL Cup where he did a similar thing and I did the I know exactly cut. what you're talking about. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. He was on, He was playing on the left-hand side. And the ball yeah. comes over to him, and as it's coming down, he chopped it. 
Yeah, and he moved exactly. on to it. Yep, I know exactly the play you're talking about. Yep. Um. So, I so just with the um the it's I don't know. It's kind of like it's funny to me that that happened when um. Hudson Odoi does the exact same thing. And again, like going back to your point, if we are going to lose Hazard, having this essentially generational talent in Hudson Odoi kind of softens that blow. And I think in a few years' time, we'll come back to both of those goals when Hudson Odoi eventually does, because he definitely will reach the the heights of being one of the best players in the Premier League in a few years. When he does reach those heights, I think we, we'll be able to look back and say, this was the moment when you saw shades of what he could become Hudson Adoy in paralleling what Hazard did in the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, I was just uh just it's funny you say that. I I sometimes have to like pump my brakes on Colin Hudson Adoy. Like I I I go I mean, you know, it's Monday, so everybody knows Monday nights at least everybody I wouldn't say the world knows because of my podcast, but at least around here in these parts of my house on Monday nights and on Thursdays, I play, I play soccer, I play ball. And when I get to the park, I'm here talking about, you know, we're obviously talking about the games and I'm just like, guys, Colin Hudson Odoi, he is amazing. He will be, he will. And I'm just here gassing him. The other day, I just, I was on YouTube and it was one of the recommended videos. It was, and the title was the day the world knew Cristiano Ronaldo was going to be one of the best. And mm-hmm. it was a game for you know United. I don't remember the details, but what stuck what stuck out to me is he was twenty years old in that game. Twenty years old. Mm-hmm. That's two seasons away for Callum Hudson Odoi. Who knows how much he's gonna grow in two seasons? And we're already talking about him in this regard. Like, I'm excited to see his growth, man. Like, four years from now, he'll be twenty two. He'll be a new player. He'll be a new player. It's like comparing Colin Hudson Odoi at 14 years old to 18 years old. You know? 18 years old to 22 years old. I mean, eventually the jumps won't be so great, but we might be looking at a brand new player at 22 years old. We might, I mean, I hate to break this to, I hate to say this, but we might be looking at a 23-year-old, 24-year-old Colin Hudson Odoi with... Real Madrid sniffing around Cobham again, talking about here, here's 250, 300 million dollars, uh, a million pounds or whatever for Colm Hudson Adoy because he's the best, you know, 24 year old on planet Earth, and we want to pair him up next to, you know, Mbappe or whoever, or, you know, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. I mean, mm-hmm. we, his potential is that great. So, <sighs> yeah. Back to, back to the first half of the match. Mm-hmm. Eden Hazard, absolute baller, absolute baller. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, after the goal, it felt like did you did you in the first half ever feel like uh, West Ham was going to equalize? Uh yeah, there was a moment right before um, the first half ended, um, and I thought he was giving he was giving Aspilicueta, uh, Philippe, sorry, Felipe Anderson was giving Aspilicueta quite a hard time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I did think, but uh, I mean they are they are dangerous west ham are not um some i mean west ham have good players mm-hmm. uh Anderson, Arnautovic, and hernandez especially hernandez we've seen <laughs> hernandez score so many annoying goals against chelsea down the line oh. or down the years that i think uh, there's always in the back of my mind that one of these players could get um 
could get something. So, I mean, it wasn't that comfortable. And I think that that feeling grew in the second half as Chelsea weren't able to bury the game. Um, I was definitely feeling there was a few corners where they felt where I felt they were quite dangerous, especially given how shaky Chelsea have been this season in situations like that. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was that comfortable the entire game. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't necessarily feel like we like. First of all, before West Ham is a solid team. They always manage mm. to give us trouble. They always manage to give us trouble. Even though I feel like the first time we played them, we should have beat them. If William would have crossed into Morata, who was wide open, one on one with the keeper, who knows what would have happened when I yeah. got to Morata. But yeah. needs to say we should have beat them, you know, early in the season. But I digress. Every single time we play West Ham, they play us tough, always, always. And when you have, yeah, absolutely. I think if you just look back to the like the last time they came to the bridge was. Uh, like just last season under Antonio Conte, it was as Pilicueta. He scored early in the first half and it was the same situation. We mm-hmm. looked like we were going to put the game away and then Hernandez comes on and then everyone on Twitter goes, oh, watch, Hernandez is about to score and wouldn't you know, one minute later, equalizer 1-1. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the West Ham is definitely like one of the most, they are always one of the most annoying teams to play. Yeah, I always, it, because of their colors, I always get them, like in my mind, I associate West Ham with Aston Villa. I think it, it's like the purple and the blue. Like for a quick second, I'm like, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Oh, who is it? Oh, okay, West Ham, West Ham, West Ham. Yeah, West yeah. Ham is tough. West Ham is always tough, and um, it's they always play us tough. But I never really, even in the first half, going into the second half, I knew that I would feel more comfortable with another goal. But I never really felt like I never really was really scared. I was never really mm. scared that we were going to lose. I was always just like, we need to put in a second goal, but I can see us easily yeah. cruise into a 1-0 victory. Like, I, I, I prefer a second goal, but I, I'm not really worried until right around the 60th, 70th minute. I was like, all right, we definitely need a second goal now. Like, they, yeah. they definitely started picking. It, it wasn't they started picking up, but it was a sustained... Like uh, they were in a sustained groove. They kept pressuring us. Yet Anatovich, if it wasn't for Emerson's putting in his head at the last yeah. second block, that was a yeah. that was a goal. That was a goal for sure. Yeah. That was a goal. When 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 did that come? Like in the seventieth something minute or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. And there was a chance. I think it was Agbana where he. I actually thought Ooh. this went in. It was on the right side of the corner or the right side of the eighteen yard box, and it went. And it looked like it went in the net from the angle that I was watching. Uh huh. But um, yeah, and I. I mean, it definitely was not uh, very comfortable in those last twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely was like, you know, again, the the West Ham is one of those teams. I mean, let's not forget. I I know while I'm watching. Pellegrino, I, I I refer to him as Pellegrini because of those uh four three three funny videos uh on YouTube, but this guy this guy won the Premier League with City not too long ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we forget that he was with City and they won the the league. Uh, you know he's an excellent man. He didn't he go to Italy after City. He went to Italy. Was um, it? Manuel Pellegrini. Yeah, Pellegrini. Didn't he go to Italy? 
Um, right after, after City. Manchester City? I think so. I don't think so. Where did no, he go? Um, I know the other he one. Went, yeah. after, he went, he, after he left Man City, he went to China, and then he came back to the Premier League. Mm, I'm thinking about their other manager. I'm thinking about the other manager that was with City. He went to Inter. Inter? Inter. I think he went to Inter. Either way. Oh, you're thinking about Roberto Mancini, Mancini. yeah, before yeah. the Pellegrini era. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. You're right. You're a hundred percent right. He played. He mm-hmm. uh, he was the manager. He played. He was the manager of High Bay China Fortune. Please get a yeah, better name. Yeah, that's Pellegrini. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of uh, Mancini. Mancini and Mancini. Uh, Mancini went to Inter, then he went to Russia, and now he's back with the Italian national team. Yep. Yep. But it, you know, so he's he is to be respected. He won the Premier League, and it wasn't he didn't win the Premier League like seven thousand years ago. It was just what three years ago, four years ago. He won the Premier League. Uh, yeah, so, 2013, 2014. Yep, yep. So you know, he's to be respected, and then West Ham always plays us tough. So there was about a you know right after I want to say about fiftieth minute to seventieth minute, West Ham was on our case. I was still confident. But I'm like, all right, you know, it's time to start thinking about putting in a second goal. And in the 80-something minute, my boy turns up. He turns up again. Yeah. He turns up again. God damn it. Why is he so good? Why is he so <sighs> good? Come on. It only makes him leaving even harder. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Why is he so good? I saw that goal. As I go, I'm like. I start. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit it, man. I start getting. A little, you know, a little knot in my throat. You know, mm-hmm. a little. And I start <laughs> thinking about him leaving, and and guys, I've I'm, I'm I've lived in Miami all my life. My teams are Miami. Like I've went through the LeBron James era here in Miami. I'm currently going through the same era with Dwayne Wade uh, as a kid growing up. Uh, Dan Marino with the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, I've gone through this before, where you have a legend play for your team you know with Chelsea I'm, I'll be the first one to admit it. I've been following Chelsea for 10 years pretty much um a majority of that time was with Eden Hazard and the thought of him not being on this team kind of gets me man it gets me emotional man like gets me emotional I'm fortunate that I saw him play for Chelsea twice uh when they came to Miami um so I've seen him in real life play in a Chelsea kit. But man, not mm-hmm. to have him in meaningful games breaks my heart, man. And he could have scored three goals this game. He could have scored three. Yeah, really. Yeah. If there's one contact right by the uh huh. I thought that left, one in. Yeah. I thought that yeah. one in. I was I'm like, there's going. And it was a great save by the keeper. Great save by the keeper. And Golo Conte towards the end of the game. Eden Hazard was wide open, and Golo Kante was still waiting, waiting, waiting to pass him the ball, and he was, uh, he was, the ball was taken from him, um, or was he fouled, and he missed the pass to Hazard. But god damn it, bro, god damn. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. End of the match thoughts. But I, I mean, if you got to give a rating to the players, I mean, don't even, don't even rate Hazard. Like none, it's not needed. <sighs> Yeah, I think no. everybody played well. Like, what do you think? Um, so I can just go across the back line. Um, I think I'll give Kepa. Um, I'll give him 
I'd give him a seven for the performance, but I'm going to give him an eight for this particular reason. There was a part at about the 75th minute where Chelsea were a bit on the ropes. They were rocking and Kepa did something that I really like. There was the time where he had a goal kick and he wasted about probably 30 seconds of time before the ref eventually gave him a yellow. And that Wait, that at that period that he took up, it was like a 30 second sequence and another 30 second sequence for him to actually get the yellow. And then he hooked the ball up again and then actually got Chelsea back on the attack. That two minute span put Chelsea back on the offensive when they were on the rope. So for that reason, I'll give Kepa an eight. I'll give uh, Emerson a seven. I'll give David Luiz a seven. I'll give Louis, uh, Rudiger a six. I will give Azpilicueta a six as well. I wasn't particularly impressed with um, some of the offensive moves that Azpilicueta made this game, especially some of the past games. Um, actually, thinking back, I'll give Emerson an, an eight for the uh, defensive he's action so, that he made he, to save so the game. Yeah. He looks so good um, with him on the pitch. Yeah. I'll give Angola Conte um, a nine. I'm going to give Jorginho a quiet but silent 10. He was absolutely <laughs> outstanding again, and he's my... He's my favorite Chelsea player, so I always give him a 10. Uh, I give Loftus-Cheek a solid 8 for his uh, his showing. Yeah, no matter what he does, even if he gives the ball away, he still gets a 10. Um, Okay, wait, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. Yeah, yeah. Jorginho, own goal. What does he get? 10. (laughs) Jorginho, two own goals. What does he get? 11. That's impressive. Uh, Hat trick. Own goal, hat trick. Patrick own goal, I'll give him a nine. Ballon d'Or. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The Jorginho praise usually goes under the radar. A lot of people don't like it, so I try to give it as much as possible. No, I'll give no, no, no. Higuain a six. Actually, <laughs> I'll give Higuain a five. Yeah. Um, other than that volley, he his link up play is um, his link-up play is always good, but he just needs to do a little bit more. And I think he's having, I don't usually say this or even like saying this, but I think Higuain is actually having trouble adjusting to the Premier League. Um, I don't, I, I know a lot of people throw that excuse around for most players, but I think this is the one case where it actually sticks. I don't think that Higuain understands that uh, the movement of the defenders in England is a little bit different than the movement of the defenders in Italy. In Italy, they play a little bit closer. You can see like Chiellini and Bonucci are the best examples. They The way that they defend is they essentially just grab your jersey and pull you down. The refs usually allow that, whereas some of the defenders are a bit more shoulder-shoulder challenges in the box, and I don't think Higuain's really used to that. Mm-hmm. I, you might be onto something there. He was quite good as well. You might be onto something there with Higuain. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it a lot. Like, a lot of people come and say, oh, he's not adjusting to the Premier League just because I think usually that usually that's a cover-up for number one poor scouting in the first place and that the fact that the players maybe just not... I mean, let's get a good example I always remember is Memphis Depay. So Memphis Depay mm-hmm. came to Manchester United in 2015 and everybody was so hyped up on him because of some of the performances that he had, he had put in in Holland with PSV. And... We know throughout, like, if you take a look at some of the players who have come through uh, the Dutch league to bigger leagues, they are few and far between. Um, you can think of Zlatan, you can think of Luis Suarez, but it usually takes a while for them to really take off. And Ericsson's the perfect example. Came from Ajax, took a while to get off his feet, but when they eventually do come good, they come good. And I think that's happening to Depay right now. But with him in his first season, he came in, 
very fresh. He came into a system under Louis van Hall that had to have a lot of responsibility. And it was a system that required a lot of, again, like this idea of being tactically astute. And I don't think that Memphis Depay was at the time coming from that PSV team. And then everyone gives the excuse of, oh, he's not adjusting to the Premier League. And it's like, oh, I don't know if he's really having a problem with the league or if he's having a problem with the team that he's playing in. But I think Higuain is a perfect example of adjusting to the Premier League. This is a seasoned veteran um, who's played all over the world and done well all over the world. And he's done well. And the important thing is is that he's coming into a team that he knows the tactics of. So the only variable that's different is the league. And I think that's a perfect time when you can say, okay, maybe he's having trouble adjusting to the league. And I think that's maybe what it is, that idea of like how defenders defend in Italy. Then that, that clash becomes very apparent when English teams play Italian teams in the Champions League. A lot of their forwards just, just don't know what to do and the refs don't call the fouls because the entire team is doing it. You can't give 11 yellow cards at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. It would be I don't funny know. Though. That's my take on it. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be yeah you just go around, you see you see Bernadeschi get a yellow, you see Bonucci, you see Chiellini, you see like everyone else, the ball over and all the like, it doesn't really like any, I don't know. Yeah, it's a fun fact, uh, Chiellini's my favorite defender. I just mm. love the way that he plays. I love the way he plays. He's my favorite defender. Also, he scares the fuck out of me. I've always thought that like Chiellini, like if, if, if you had issues with the mob, like you want, Bonucci knocking on your door going listen we got to talk if Chiellini's knocking on your door like you got a problem like there's no talking yeah there's no talking like yeah absolutely (laughs) there's nothing to say you're fucked like that's it you're done so he's my he's my favorite defender um yeah I think a few years ago I remember when Chiellini got that head injury against Real Madrid and he had to wear that uh, he wore, wore that band the entire game in the semifinals of the Champions League, and I don't think I've ever I've seen anything as scary as him with that band around his the head, staring down Rafael Varane and Marcelo. Yeah, he's just terrible. He's just scary. Like, I, I know I don't, yeah. I don't. I ask my friends who are uh, Juventus fans. I'm like, like, tell me, like, is he a bad guy? Because he scares the shit out of me. Like, like I don't even know. Is is he like? Is he? I don't speak Italian, but does he like is he into gardening? Like, does he walk you know old ladies across the street? Tell me about him. He just—he's terrifying. That's all I get. Like, he's terrifying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want any mm-hmm. problems with him. I you know mm-hmm. I don't want any problems. <laughs> oh man, oh my brother. So, <sighs> Eden Hazard obviously gets a twenty out of ten, and Kamal yeah. Hudson Adoy. I gave him a seven. Seven. Um, I think it was it was a confident display. It was very confident. I really liked his crossing. I liked his width, mm-hmm. but there was something of a killer instinct that was lacking that I saw against the Brighton mm. that was in the Brighton match that I didn't see. Um, and I don't know if that is um, that's just because of the way that West Ham were kind of set up. I mean, he still played a great game, but there was nothing that made me stand up and go, "Okay, yeah, he's having. He's one of the. He is the." best or second best player on the pitch right now. I think Angola Conte took a lot of praise. Hazard took a lot of praise. Jorginho did a lot. And in the midst of that, it's difficult to stand out when some of the players are already doing so well. And um, But I still think he had a good game. By no means do I think he played poorly. Yeah, I, I just... 
I prefer him starting. I prefer Emerson starting, and I prefer Ruben Loftus Cheek starting. Um, yeah, provided absolutely. that they're healthy. I mean, like Ruben, I don't give sorry too much drama with Ruben Loftus Cheek situation because yeah. he was he wasn't healthy. Like, what do you want to do? I I do I suffer from back injuries. Like, I have two slip discs. I sympathize and with anybody who has back injuries. This shit's painful. I always say it on the podcast. It's not an if. Ruben Loftus-Cheek will have another back injury. It's when, because it, as in my experience, the shit doesn't go away. However, no, you know, yeah. I, I, I leave room because the man's a professional and he has, you know, the world's greatest doctors. He has access to the world's greatest doctors to for treatment and all that. Like, I don't. But from my experience, from what I know, it's an if, not a when with back injuries. But when it comes to Emerson, when it comes to Colin Hudson-Odoi, these guys... They should be starting. They should be starting in important games. Uh, this Thursday, I expect to see Alonzo. I expect to see Barkley. I expect to see Pedro yeah. and or William um, for what I like to call the sorry 11. S-A-R-R-I-S-O-R-R-Y, whichever one you want to choose is fine by me, but they are the sorry 11. Um and that's it. Off to Liverpool um, yeah. this Sunday. Give me a. There's also the there's the Prague game on Thursday yeah, as well. Prague game on Thursday. That's the sorry eleven, and hopefully we oh, get yeah, the Twitter. Sorry, sorry. Okay, we get the Twitter saying. eleven on Sunday. Um, yeah. Uh, predictions for both matches. Um, I think <laughs> uh, no looking forward to. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Predictions are hard, but I'll say I hate them. I um, don't do them. I don't do them. So don't feel comp- don't feel pressured to do it. No, that's I don't fine. Do I'll that give it a either. shot. Um, so I think if you look at uh, Slavia Prague's uh, kind of performance in Europe and kind of their their stature as a club, I think it's fair to say that Chelsea um, will have an easier time um, in Slavia Prague than they may have against any of the other competitors currently left in the Europa League. Uh, that being said, it's difficult to go away in any cup competition. So I think maybe a two nothing, one nothing away win would be something we're looking at. And Liverpool is the tough one. Now I think I talked about it earlier in this podcast about um, the, the tactics of Sorry, and one of the hallmarks of Sorry Ball is the effectiveness that it works of how it works against high pressing teams and teams that actually care to press. So if we've seen them in it. Syria, a well-known team in Syria to some of our Italian fans is Atalanta and the way that they are able to press and the and had the speed at which they close down the ball. And Sorry Ball was always effective against those types of defenses, as well as Juventus. Maybe not a pressing team, but an actively um, tactically uh, well-drilled team. They like to press and Sorry Ball was always able to actually have some great moments against them. I think we've looked at um, our first game against Liverpool this season. It was a 1-1 draw. Um, with yep. a wonderful move during that game um, that was finished off by Eden Hazard. That was, again, one of our best team goals of the season. So I think something that people underestimate is how well this system can work against a team like Jurgen Klopp's. Um, so I think I'm going to go on a whim here, and I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw against Liverpool. Hmm. As long as it's something... I mean, we got Liverpool left. Yeah. We got Manchester United left. Um, I, I just can't see us running the table uh, in the Premier League. But as long as we get something, 
as long as we get something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if we get something and Tottenham, let's say, gets a victory, we're still in we're still in top four, if I'm not mistaken. We're only down by no. one to Tottenham, right? If the math works uh, out. Yeah. So sorry. Yes, the math <laughs> yeah. works out. We 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 would we we are two points ahead of Tottenham. So theoretically, if Tottenham win their next match, we'd be one point. Yeah. Down. So, you know, oh, wait. Uh, yeah. One point down, tied. So, no, we'd be tied. No, we would be we'd be one point down if they win their next match because we're two points back. Uh, but that being yes, said, Tottenham down. their next one two matches. So we play oh, uh, our next two, our next two Premier League games are Liverpool and Burnley. And their next two Premier League games are Huddersfield and Man City. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think that both teams are going to come out with six points, but you could see something similar happening. Yep. Aiden, talk to me. Um, yeah. Wrapping up here. Mm-hmm. End of the season. All right. Rapid fire, my man. Rapid fire. Yeah. Yeah. End of the season. When it's all said yeah. and done, done and dusted, yeah. what does Chelsea season look like? Where are we Chelsea at? Chelsea finished fourth. Uh-huh. Chelsea finished fourth and they win the Europa League. That's okay. the end of the season. Yeah. And um how many boxes of tissues will you go through if Eden Hazard leaves this beautiful club come this summer? How many boxes? <laughs> That's many goals as he scored for Chelsea. <laughs> that many boxes? So little? Yeah. <laughs> so, so little? All right. The amount of passes that Jorginho has this season. So like 2,800. You hear that, everybody? Uh, start buying stocks in uh, in, in, in tissues because uh, we're going to need them. Next. <laughs> we're going to need them. Fucking shit. Yeah. <sighs> Iden, if every. Yeah. Any- if anybody wants to follow you on Twitter, them I didn't, I don't know if you guys know this. I just secretly, very quietly, has over what five million followers, fifteen billion followers. How many? You have more followers. You have more followers than we have humans on planet Earth. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all the. How did that happen? <laughs> but if anybody know. wants, if 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 by chance you're the one or two people that who isn't following Iden on Twitter, what's your uh, handle, my man, and how can they find you? My Twitter handle is at addicted to CFC. You can find me. It's just Iden Malik. You can find me there. You can also find me on my podcast called the Ten Minute Football Podcast. The Ten Minute Football Podcast, absolutely a must hear. It's great, guys. He's had. Our our friends. He's had the he's had the Godfather on, Joe Tweedy, the <laughs> absolute Godfather. I, every the time Godfather. every time he comes onto the podcast, I just you know I I send him a bottle of wine. I say Godfather, thank you, thank you, Godfather, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe is a very very intelligent guy and a very rational Chelsea fan. Yeah, and a hell of a dancer. It got everybody doesn't know that Joe Tweedy can dance his ass off. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> I've been told. All right, everybody, this is the end of the interview. Jesus. I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to have to edit that a little bit because it sounded weird at the end. Anyways, well, thanks again to the homie Iden for coming on to the podcast. Uh, He is a friend of the show and is welcome any God damn time he pleases. So that's a uh, that's the show for today, man. 
I had a good time. I had a really good time with the show. It was good, man. Really good. So that's it. Thursday, Chelsea play in the Europa League. We go to Prague, I think it is. Where the hell are we going? Hey, you, I should know where these countries are at. Like Prague. I knew it. I knew we were going to Prague. I've always wanted to go to Prague. And I'll tell you why. Every single spy movie I've ever seen, they always have a scene in Prague. They always have to stop in Prague for whatever reason. Like, that's the only city that exists, like, for spy shit. Like, Prague. Mission Impossible. We gotta go to Prague. I gotta pick up a file, a computer, a meeting in Prague. Always in Prague. So, I gotta get... I gotta, like... I've always had, like, this idea in my mind to go to Prague. I've always wanted to go to Fiji. Fiji is because of the Truman Show, the movie. Um... One of my favorite movies of all time. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. Why? One of my favorite movies of all time. Point Break. Point Break literally shaped till today who I am. Like no other movie has put an impression on me like Point Break. I, I'm, I'm almost po- certain of it. I'm positive of it. I'm positive of it. Of it. And not the new Point Break that they did a few years ago. There was a... Apt- I can't... I didn't even waste my time watching a single second of that movie. I knew it was shit. I knew it. I knew it. Disrespectful to even call anything from what I saw in the trailers Point Break. Point Break with Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves is an absolute classic of a movie. Classic of a movie. Oh my god. And it's perfect. I don't want to hear about remakes or redos or whatever. That movie is perfect. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. It still holds up today. Still holds up today. Love that movie. But I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. Because at the end of the movie, Patrick Swayze, he's like, he's in uh, the uh, 100 Year Storm. And he's surfing. And Keanu Reeves pulls up on the beach. Spoiler alert. I mean, his movie's like 20 years old, but whatever. And he's like, Bodie, I got you. You lose today. And Patrick Swayze, you know, Bodie's aha. He's arguing with Johnny, pleading his case to Johnny Utah. He's like, come on, man. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity, man. You know, I can't survive in a cage. I'll die in there, man. It's like, just let me get one more wave, one more wave. And I'll come back in. Keanu Reeves looks at him. Johnny Utah looks at him. He's like, all right. All right. Gets his keys out. Uncuffs him. Because they were handcuffed. They were fighting and they were handcuffed. And Patrick Swayze. Oh, before he handcuffs him. He's like, let me get one more wave, man. It's not like, what am I going to do? It's not like I'm going to paddle out to New Zealand. Boom. That planted the seed. Gotta get to New Zealand. Gotta get to New Zealand. It's where Bodhi Zaha was gonna, you know, like, what if Bodhi Zaha made it? What if he made it to New Zealand? I gotta find out. Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand, too. Shit. The style bender. It, Israel Adesanya is from New Zealand. Same thing with Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt is from New Zealand. MMA fighters. But, anyways, but that's where the seed came from. So. Mission Impossible, 
Prague, always going to Prague. So all these places connected somehow, some way to movies. Like there's certain places, man. The only reason why I want to go is because I heard it in a movie. Like, like the first time I went to New York, I went to Marcy Projects because that's where Jay Z is from. Like I went to all these places in the hood because all my favorite rappers are from there. Like I want to go to California, go to Compton. That's the birthplace of gangster rap. I gotta go to Compton, take a picture in Compton, feel the air of Compton, the energy of Compton, to know this is the birthplace of hip uh, of gangster rap. I'm a rap fan, a hip hop fan, because of five words: one, two, three, and to the four. I mean, if we want to finish it, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. I mean, I'm a fan of hip-hop because of those words. Everything I... Who I am today and my love from hip-hop comes from those five words. The start of the song, Nothing But a G Thing by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. That was made in Compton. Gotta go there. Gotta go there. So, anyways, guys. That's gonna be the end of the podcast. Um, Thank you again to the homie Aiden. Um friend of the show he's welcome any single time if you guys are not following him please follow him on twitter if you're not following me follow me on twitter all american cfc i didn't update anything or upload any new videos to the youtube channel i will soon i will soon i just want to make sure i'm doing it right man i want to make sure i'm doing it right and we'll talk soon we'll talk soon for sure i'm working i'm I'm definitely gonna we're gonna definitely talk after the liverpool game i'm working on getting a guest that you guys are gonna want to hear um drifty from the football banter show he and i have been going back and forth and hopefully fingers crossed he uh we're able to link up for after this match so uh just waiting for confirmation but if not i'll find another guest or i'll come at you guys solo and just be you know you and i all up in your ear cuddling close to each other Taken in your essence. <laughs> Look at it. Oh my god. Alright, guys. No, that's the end of the podcast. I love each and every single one of you. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. Big kiss. Mwah.
Want you to see everything, want you to see all of the light. 